She was a phantom of delight when first she gleamed upon my sight, a lovely apparition to be a moment's ornament. Her eyes as stars of twilight fair, like twilight to her dusky hair. But all things else about were drawn, from merry time and a dancing shape, an image gay, to hunt, to startle and waylay. I saw her upon nearer view, a spirit, yet a woman too. Her household motions like a countenance in which did meet all promises are sweet. A creature not too bright or good for human nature's delivered, for transient sorrows, simple wise, praise, blame, love, tears, and smiles. Well, good evening, the audience. It's Miriam again, and I wanted to open this podcast with a few lines of a beautiful poem, Perfect Woman, written by William Wordsworth about his beloved wife, Mary Hutchinson. We had the occasion of Women International Day, and I wanted to emphasize on our role <laughs> in society and the importance we hold and we still hold in and we held back in history. We hear this word like every year, Happy Women's Day, Happy International Day, but do we really know the story behind it? The story wasn't pretty, it wasn't pretty, but it was worth it after all. So when did this started? When did women started celebrating their day. In 1908, great unrest and critical debate was occurring amongst women. Women's oppressing inequality was spurring them to become more vocal and active in campaigning for change because they used to work a lot and full-time without getting much space. Then, in the same year, 1,500 women marched through New York City demanding shorter hours of work at her base and voting rights. For it might be known or not that they had no right to vote, to choose their their education, to choose who um, to marry or not, and especially the pay. They used to work more than men and get a lower pay than them. In 1909, in accordance with a declaration by the Socialist Party of America, the first National Women's Day was observed across the United States on February 28th. At first, it was not in March, it was February. A year after it started in Germany, the second National Conference working was held in Copenhagen. A woman named Clara Zetkin, leader of the Women Office for the Social Democratic Party in Germany tabled the idea of an International Women's Day. She proposed that every year, in every country, there should be a celebration on the same day to press for their demands. The conference of over 100 women from 17 countries, representing unions, socialist parties, working women clubs, and including the first three women elected to the Finnish parliament, greeted Zetkin's suggestions with unanimous approval, and thus International Women's Day was the result. On the eve of World War I, 1914, campaigning for peace, Russian women observed their first International Women's Day on February 23rd, the last Sunday in February. Following discussions, debates and protestations, International Women's Day was agreed nationally, internationally, to be marked annually on March the 8th. 
There is also this uh, movie that I I watched recently. Uh, it's, there was this famous figure we all love, Meryl Streep, and uh, the name is Suffragette, by the way, and I highly recommend the movie. It pictures and gives us the view and the era they they lived, like literally, with the carriages and the gowns and the problems they had uh, with men, especially the uh, the fathers and the, the husband. They were the one controlling everything in a woman's life. So they fought for their, for their pays, and especially um, the right to vote. The movie was so sad and so deep. Uh, it really made me sad, but the movement and the protestation was worth it after all. Um, it was so strong that even, I won't spoil the movie, but it was even a, a woman who had to throw herself uh, in horses, uh, in front of a horse, when they held a horse racing, and she died for that, just to so she could take away from her other colleagues and from other women the fear of standing for their rights or speaking of their rights or speaking to themselves uh, for themselves. Sorry, and it was brave. It was brave and mad at the same time, but it was worth it after all. And then the others followed her steps, of course, not by taking suicidal steps in front of horses, but in protesting and um, writing those graffitis in the walls and trying to, to reach the press and trying to get help as maximum as possible and rising consciousness amongst women that they have equal rights with men, that they need to work decently with good pays and not be enslaved like they were. Totally recommend the movie. I picked some women whom marked history and I wanted to share them. They are not that much known and I picked from different countries and different areas in the world. Starting with Sutatia al-Mahmali, 987, in Baghdad. She was the daughter of the judge Abu Abdullah al-Hussein, lived in Baghdad, in the capital, and she was taught by many scholars, including her father. She was renowned for her legal mind as for mathematical mastery. A woman of genius, widely celebrated as such by her culture, she studied many areas, Arabic literature, jurisprudence, mathematics, and solving problems, and the interpretation of sacred texts. Second, Argula von Grombach, 1490, Germany. She was a Bavarian writer, a noblewoman who sought in the early 1520s became involved in the Protestant Reformation debates going in Germany. She became the first Protestant woman writer, publishing letters and poems, promoting and defending Martin Luther, as well as his co-worker Philip Melanchthon and other Protestant groups. And it was crucial because back then Protestants were not that well accepted. Third woman is where she taught in English department from 1916 to 1950. 
As a professor at university, she created a course in writing short stories. Another figure in Philippine, but in the field of war, Trinidad Tesson. Trinidad was the first Filipina known to have taken part in the Sacred Blood Pact or Sandugu. She was given the title of Inga Biakna Battle or Mother of the Biakna Battle Republic after putting up a facility to care for those wounded from fighting. Isn't that brave and generous? Moving to India, Akka Mahdevi, 1160. Mahdevi was a poet in the Varishnava tradition, which composed around 430 Vaishnavas or poems, many of which reflect her ideas about home, life and marriage. Moreover, we have Artemisia Gandhileshi. I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing her name right. 93, Italy, daughter of the painter Orazio Gentileschi, an artist that was strongly influenced by the work of Caravaggio. She started painting in her father's workshop, showing very early talent. She was the first woman to become a member of the Accademia dell'Arte del Designo in Florence. Her paintings are famous for the strong, brave, powerful female characters she depicted, many biblical or mythical heroines, and for the characteristics use of colors. Finally, Melika Khayyid, 1933, Belcourt, Algeria. Melika received a call from Colonel Amirush and asked her to join the soldiers for the Liberation Front, and she answered the call. She was one of the most important elements of the Algerian Re Revolution, and she had a major role in organizing demonstration and educating the Mujahideen. She worked in the war as a doctor. She was one of the most important women in running, drawing, and implementing plans. So, as I, I cited before, women marked history a lot and there are still more and more and more which cannot all be cited in one episode there are hundreds of them all around the globe in each and every country that do exist today without having to emphasize on the role of women but before being all this a woman first of all the first like the first connection we have with the woman is um, the mother, the source of love and compassion and creativity and creation, the mother. Being a mother is probably the hardest job to have and the most important role to behold, sorry, the most important role to have in a society. And it can't be denied if the mother is well instructed, well educated, well behaved, and also tender as it is in, in a feminine nature, the child would grow to be someone healthy and important in society. And she can be, of course, a mother and something else, but the mother is 
is someone whose role is crucial and really important and intriguing and effective in society. If all mothers, imagine if all mothers agree on having intellectual children or creative one or talented one or brave one, honest children, of course, as I thought, they have to be one in, in themselves, of course. Also, the mother is not only what we call a good food or after a clean house. It's far beyond that. It's the memories we hold from them when we grow, the love they give us, the tenderness with which they do everything in life, and the huge impact they leave in us, whether by actions, verbs, love, uh, or just their character. Simply by their good character could affect us a lot. Also, the second type of woman we know is our sisters and I have sister myself I have one sister well a sister is like a, a supportive wall or a supportive shoulder that uh, the life give us or our mothers give us also being a sister is, is sometimes a responsibility when the sister is uh, for example the eldest and it's I won't say privilege, but it's nice when she's the youngest and she's spoiled and loved and appreciated. Having a sister is having someone with whom to fight with <laughs> sometimes, especially in childhood, and having someone uh, to whom you can talk freely, perhaps, or share your ideas and plans and dreams, share your room with her, why not, share food, share laughters. Um, share also bad moments why not like it's the first friend we have usually they are siblings especially sisters they tend to care more to be um, more tender and generous and caring and supportive and loving etc like sisters can really when someone has a sister it's it's something different it's really important i think having one and effective, of course, whether in a positive way or a negative way, especially if she's the eldest of the house, she would be always this example we look up for, like, oh, my big sister is successful, or she's kind, or she's brave, or she's caring, or she's really uh, this strong character that she have could impact us also. Also, women are our aunts and grandmothers and we can't deny also the impact of those or the role that, that they play in our lives they could give us examples of for example like we say always that the aunt is just like the mother and that's true and they could show us support second type of being a mother or they they tend to be more tender and more understanding <laughs> sometimes of course it's not right to generalize or to say that this is like an international thing and they have to be like that. So some people have different aunts and different siblings, of course. Uh, an important role that a woman would play in society, a wife. She supports her partner in his life or his dreams and ambitions, goals, or just in his own being, like 
between this man and I'm going to support him. It's, it's really important. But also the impact she has on children, on her children, on her husband, on the whole household. And if it's good, then the house is happy, I think, and well organized and healthy and sane and probably even serene and really safe. If she is not that um, uh, understanding and open-minded and caring and loving and understanding, I would say again, then the house wouldn't be that that lovely environment to live in. <laughs> That's why raising good daughters is really, really important. And I'm not saying we neglect the sons or we neglect brothers or we neglect the father. No, no, at all. I'm not saying that. But I think that if women are well educated and well raised and well taught and, of course, given their freedom of self-expression and choosing and making decisions without being so much, um, I would say, suffocated in life and in choices of life, it would create a much more healthy environment or healthy family, healthy children, um, and why not impact in the, the neighborhood and the country and the colleagues in work? Like, the impact of it is huge. And at last but not least, the sweetest form of woman, or the sweetest form of it, is when she's a daughter. When she's a daughter, it's always cherished and sweet, especially when they are little. My daughters are really caring when they are little so much like this innocence of of children is is much appreciated of course i'm not saying that boys or children are rude or rough or impolite not at all not at all but when it's a daughter it's, it's so sweet or i don't know maybe i'm taking time because i'm a woman <laughs> i don't know of course raising good daughters especially i would emphasize on the side of letting them express themselves, especially emotions, but also educating them on uh, the intellectual side. Like, of course, caring and providing uh, the necessities is, of course, with no doubt, necessary, priority. But I think, I think that the most important part is feeding souls and feeding the mind, especially the mind, because the mind is the, the strongest tool we possess, in my humble opinion. Imagine all, like a school filled with little girls, and they're all intellectual, and some are artists, some are creative, some are writers, others, some speak like five or six languages. Like, it's so sweet, so important, and so lovely. I emphasize on this because generally the mother and the daughter are the ones who spend the most time with uh, children or brothers or, yeah, so they impact, subconsciously, they impact us more especially the mothers. That's why I keep emphasizing on their role and the importance of them being educated, happy, of course, healthy and open-minded. Because when a mother is open to receiving 
from her children or from the ones she 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 care about or the ones she teach or form or any role that she holds in society when she's open to ideas and debates and conversation especially the mother she is unconscious she might be unconscious about it or conscious but she form inside those little tiny creatures the importance of exchanging ideas of speaking one's mind when someone speak their mind especially children and not being scared in the environment they live in that would form a healthy adult who's able to convert with people to talk when it's needed to um to validate their needs and emotions and yes this is important or i have an idea and they speak about it with no shame no fear no problems why because they were allowed to do it as children or they had a receptive caring mother <sighs> isn't our role important <laughs> i hope that the male listening the man listening wants to take that against me hopefully <laughs> Uh, also, I wanted to add some stuff that we don't talk about. I don't know why. There are general, not general issues, but <laughs> they think that generally we don't tackle in society. I don't know why. Is it because of shame or fear or an interest in it? But they, however, those things are really important to talk about. And we tend to forget them a lot. First of all, is that women are not complicated. Well, sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes we are complicated. We say no and we mean yes and we say yes and we mean no. And <laughs> it, makes, it makes the significant other or the surrounding really confused uh, about what we want exactly. And <laughs> I myself do that sometimes. But really, some of us are really direct, and we just—they would just tell you if you ask directly, you would have uh, a proper, honest answer. Second thing is that we really do get tired. Really, really, we really do get tired, really. And no matter how your mom seems to be fighting it and having it all together, or your sister seeming so strong and so indefeatable. Or your daughter seeming always okay, always laughing, or uh, your wife that seemed to have it all together, or managing the house and the work together, and trying everything with the children, trying everything with children and house and work and stuff. We do really get tired, and we appreciate when you just when you just thank thank you, when you just thank, say when you just say thank you. Or you lend a help without us asking for it, especially home, especially home or with kids. We really do appreciate it. We are not undefeatable. We are not restless. We are not uh, undefeated, super, super creatures. We do get tired. We appreciate help. We appreciate thank you, like genuine thank yous, genuine compliments. 
Uh, also, something that uh, we tend to do a lot is the, f the famous phrase that I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> I think you all had this at least once. And the thing about it is that uh, what we mean with this phrase is not that we do not have clothes to wear, not at all. It's a metaphor or something hidden that means that I would like your opinion on my outfit or what do you think on this or more likely could you please suggest me a color like between this and that between purple and blue or between white and and green sometimes this is it and sometimes it's it's a trying a try to say uh please take me shopping <laughs> please take me to shopping please <laughs> so yeah also, something else that um, men find uh, might find weird or cheesy or nonsense is we really do love flowers. We really do. Whether it's a bouquet or one flower, we really love that. I mean, till this day, I mean, till this very, very day, I never met a woman who told me that I hate flowers, honestly. Whether it's a margarita or, I don't know, a hortensia or just a simple flower even if you take it out from the garden whether it's for your mother for your spouse for your daughter so yeah don't wait until there are some special occasions to buy a flower or a bouquet of flowers make a gesture and take a flower today or tomorrow to your mother and see the result she would definitely be happy. Well, some women do not express their happiness. Some would be just uh, written in their faces. And you would notice that. Also something that is very, very common and known in women. That we fear or are disgusted by insects. Well, it's not a problem for me, thankfully. <laughs> but women really do fear insects, and someone really have phobias against them, and that's okay. Like we do not fake it. A lot of people think we fake it to to, to seem like uh, feminine or something. No, some women really do fear insects, or are really allergic or have phobia against them. So when you find a woman crying or or shouting because she saw a ladybug or because she saw i don't know an ant or a fly take it seriously okay take it seriously especially if that woman is important in your life especially uh, your daughter your wife your mother your sister yeah all of them <laughs> and uh, last but not least, something we hate like really a lot is telling us how we should be. Like this societal standard that women should be thin or they should be uh, really pretty looking to be accepted or uh, having those uh, prickles or moles or having to weigh a certain weight to be acceptable this is madness this is foolishness in my opinion this is madness and really it has no sense because each soul is special each woman each body each each presence is really unique and special and has its impacts in society and in people it doesn't have to be measured 
or seen or drawn with mascara or I don't know, like uh, a concealer or something to be perfect. Like stop asking them to be perfect or insinuating that they should be perfect in order to be accepted. That's not right. And it shouldn't be right, in my opinion. It should not not for special just by their own being and their own personalities and with the thing they do and with the bravety, the braveness they have in their heart. It doesn't have to be, a woman does not have to be perfect daughter, perfect wife, perfect uh, sister. Nobody is perfect. And we must understand that if you want to live uh First of all, in a good family uh, environment and then uh, household environment like uh, husband and wife and then society. Sometimes it's really subconscious what we do and we think it doesn't impact, but it does. Like comparing your sister to someone else or comparing your wife to another woman or comparing your mom especially mothers, you hurt her when you say that that mother is much better than you because she does this and that and you don't. And accusations are really bad. They're really melancholic to us. And you shouldn't, if you want something to change something, you can go peacefully and try to make that woman in front of you understand that it is important to you, for example, that she could listen to you when you speak or that she help you get to your goals or that you need her help in certain things or that you appreciate her existence in your life without having to compare and to shout and to point out thing with fingers it really is hurtful well well i hope that the episode was a bit enlightening in about the word uh, concerning the word of woman, our words, <laughs> and also I hope it made you see some new things about us, about daughters, spouses, mothers, and grandmothers. Why not? I would tell you to take good care of them. Really, do not take their presence for granted. No one is like for granted. Uh, our mothers could be gone at any moment, like they could die at any moment or get sick at any moment. Our uh, sisters as well, spouses and, well, people's spouses and also especially daughters. So when you can express your love, do it. When you can buy gifts, even if it's really, really simple, even if it's a candy or a flower from a certain garden that you just cut and give it to her. Also, the most important thing that you can do to the woman present in your life or all the women present in your life is telling them that you are here, that you are present if they need something. If they need something or they need to be protected or you support your, her dreams or her goals or her plans or the vision she has for a big project or something, this is a huge help. Well, this, I would tell you to take good care of yourself, our lovely audience. And as always, drink a lot of water and walk daily. 